Good morning. My name is uh, Raleigh Schutz. I'm a uh, retired pastor here at Trinity, for those of you who don't know me. Um, I emphasize the word retired. I have no official position here, but uh, am privileged with the opportunity just to speak to you uh, today about uh, God's Word and about a little bit about the ministry that's going on here during these uh, uncertain times. Uh, you probably noticed uh, that the church is empty. And I know this is a new experience for me because uh, I'm at this moment staring at an unblinking eye. And of course, our, my lovely assistant Terry is there uh, supervising. So uh, this, like I said, this will be a new experience and I pray it's a blessed one for you. During these times of uh, uncertainty, it's always good just to go back to the basics. To the basics of what we believe about our God, about how he works in this world, as a way of finding assurance and direction and blessing. So I chose uh, for my text this morning, John 3.16. You're probably familiar with it, and uh, a number of you, I'm sure it's a favorite. It goes like this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And I want to break that, that verse down for you this morning. First of all, we start with God. I was watching on, the, on a YouTube channel. The uh, man who was uh, speaking <clears throat> was Jewish. And he was talking about the creation and about God. And at the end of his uh, talk, there were, was a Q&A session. And one man came to the microphone and uh, he started out by saying, I'm deeply offended by what some of the things that you said. Well, it turns out the man was an atheist. And so, to cut a long story short, they went back and forth for a while and to finally cut to the chase, the uh, speaker asked the atheist, what is it that you believe about how the world came together in the universe? And his answer really shocked me. He said it wasn't his job to define where the universe came from. His purpose was to prove that Jews and Christians and their belief about creation was wrong. And I thought about that and I said, how sad. If the purpose of your faith is just to prove other people's, people are wrong, where's any hope in that? But you know, our God, we know he spoke and he created. He is all-powerful and he is, well, all-loving. For John goes on to say, God so loved. You know, in First um, John 4, Jesus, or John says about God that he is love. That's not just something he does, it's, it's who he is. Everything that he does, everything that he says, proceeds from love. And love is not just a, a warm feeling. It's something that's put into action. 
Or the verse says, God so loved the world that he gave. Do you realize that when it talks about God in the scriptures, you know, it talks about God blessing and creating and doing all kinds of things. But the one word that is used most about God and his actions is that he gave or he gives. And so for God to give is something that just naturally flows out of his love. Of course, the verse goes on and says, so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. I have three sons and a daughter. And if someone asked me to give one of my children for the life of another, I'll be honest, I don't know that I would be willing to do that because I love my children. Well, God loved his son, but he loved the world so much, so much that he gave to us his one and only son. And we're wrapping up the season of Lent. Good Friday is coming soon. And there we see the cost of what it meant to God to give his love. I mean, it was a sacrificial kind of love, a horrible kind of love if you think about it. The Romans in their execution by crucifixion was the cruelest of all human forms of execution that we've come up with. And yet he did that out of love. And of course we know Easter Sunday, the story is that God raised him from the dead. But that still doesn't take away from what happened on Good Friday. That he loved us so much to give that sacrifice. And then by Easter Sunday, marking the debt for our sin, paid in full. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him now that word belief I've heard a lot of people say well I believe in God and what they mean is that I believe that God exists but you know husbands do you trust your wives how comforting would it be uh, for her to come home and say, Dear, I believe in you. You know, I believe you exist. That probably wouldn't do much for your relationship, would it? Well, that's like saying to God, I believe you exist. God's not satisfied with that. God wants to be in your life. He wants to be a part of it. He wants a relationship. Like the relationship he has to his son, is the relationship he wants to have with you. And what he does then is he creates in us a faith, a love that uh, works in us. When I think about my own marriage, I know that uh, what Sue and I share is something more than just a strong like or even a belief in each other. But there's something much deeper there. It's a, it's a relationship unlike any that I've ever had or ever will have. And so it is with God. He seeks that kind of relationship. And he doesn't expect anything of us except to believe it. 
And he believes that that love that we receive then will transform our lives. And he loved us so much that he gave his son that whoever believes in him should not perish. Now what does that word perish mean? Well, for the atheist, what it meant is, is that you go through this life as long as you're able, you die and poof, you're gone. But I think most people, the vast majority of people have deep inside a sense that there's more to it than that. For one thing, where's the sense of justice? When you think of some of the mass murderers and the like who've lived and lived to an old age and have died, where's justice for them? Well, we know as Christians that there is a judgment at the end, that we're all going to be held accountable for our behavior and what we have done or not done in this world. And as Christians too, we know that we've come up way short in terms of what we have not done that God has commanded us and the things that we have done that he's told us not to. But that goes back to believing again. Believing doesn't offer God say, well Lord, here's my good stuff and here's my bad stuff and I hope that my good stuff weighs higher than my bad stuff. That's uncertainty. Faith is certainty that God's loved us so much that he says, don't worry about that. My love to you right now will bring out in you the things that I want. And the things that are not pleasing, you can find forgiveness through what Jesus has done. And so, when we look at the concept of perish, that means to come under God's judgment. And God is love, but God is also just. And those who reject his love will find themselves under God's judgment. But for us who believe, he says, will not perish, but have eternal life. What that means is, is that life is not just for this time. As Christians, we know that when we're baptized, their eternal life begins for us. Now, it's not the glorious life that we look forward to, but we know now that what we have is not just for this time, but it's for eternity. And that it will be capped off when Christ returns, raises us from the dead, and we'll live with him in eternity. And that's the, the hope that we have. Again, you'll notice I'm talking to you from an empty church. This coronavirus has really kind of turned things upside down. A lot of people have panicked because of it. Businesses are closing. Well, unless they sell toilet paper. But the point is people are losing their jobs, businesses are closing, everybody's told to hole up and don't get into groups of more than 10. Well, where does God fit into that picture? Well, one of the things we know about God is that he has great love for us and that he works all things for the good of those who love him. And so I think there's a, the 
panic has peaked out and I think people now, Christian people, are looking more at what's next because it is so uncertain. And I think that's where we have an opportunity as the people of God to see God at work. For instance, um, I was talking to our head elder, David Kittrell, this morning. And one of the things he says is that the elders are going to do is that they're going to contact the people that are on their list just to touch base to see how things are going. And when you're holed up, that outside touch can be very, very important. And that's why I'm proud of our elders and their commitment to do that because we want you to know as members of Trinity that you're not forgotten, that God loves you and we love you, and we want to continue to hold together as God's family. But there's something more that can happen with that. If you know an elderly couple who uh, tend not to be able to get out anyway, this just adds an extra layer of burden on them in terms of their uh, aloneness. If you know somebody like that, give them a phone call. You know, there's nothing more exciting to someone, again, who is pretty much boxed in to have someone outside, especially from their family, the family of God, to touch base with them, see how they're doing, if they have any needs. Or think about the parents whose kids aren't in school and who are home driving them crazy. One of the things that we can do is touch base with them. Because, too, in that situation, it's often nice to know that somebody outside cares and is interested in them. And we have people who are part of our church here who are alone. And uh, we have an opportunity to minister to one another. Those of you that have been involved in the study of uh, Acts, you know, we just finished chapter 2. And it talked about the disciples and them devoting themselves in one word that stands out is fellowship. And fellowship, that's what it's about. It's caring for one another, of, of reaching out and supporting uh, one another. Now, one of the things that we want to do also here then is to pray for one another. Um, I know for some people that I've called and I've said at the end of the conversation, can I pray with you? And I remember one lady saying, you mean over the phone? And I said, yes, over the phone. And two, uh, I hope that the Holy Spirit would give you comfort to do that. If you're picking up a need from someone you're talking to, say, please, let me pray for you, pray with you. That's powerful stuff. And pray for our leaders. Uh, David Kittrell is our head elder. John Goodwin is our president. Our staff, we have... Uh, Penny, uh, who's in charge of uh, our ECM, our preschool. We have Carl and Laura, who are here in the office. Um, they are working hard to keep things on an even keel. And uh, they're doing a remarkable job. And if you don't hear from the church, call one of the staff members. Or if you know who your elder is, call your elder. Say, hey, I'm here. 
and just let them know. Touch base with them if uh, no one's touching base with you. And if you do have a problem, uh, whatever that might be, please don't be afraid to contact your church family because that's what we're here for, for one another. And finally, there's one other thing I'd like to talk to you about, and that's money. Okay, I know. That's the church. Bottom line, we always got to get back and talk about money. But I want to talk to you about what's real. With any church, we have our building to take care of. But more important, we have people to take care of. We have our staff. We have our preschool. We have uh, a new pastor who's coming uh, the uh, 3rd of April. And uh, he's going to need a paycheck too. And one thing that we know is that when attendance goes down, and you'll notice it's zero, that offerings tend to go down with it. Uh, if you look at last week's offerings, it would not, well, it's not what it really needed to be. And I'm not saying this to lay a guilt trip on you, but to remind you of we're in this together. And that a part of what you're doing is not, we're not saying, well, you've got to support the building and the staff and all of that. But this is a way of acknowledging God's love by saying, hey, I'm going to give. I'm going to give here at Trinity because they're my family. And they need me at this time. And so I would encourage you to consider your offerings. Uh, just contact the office. I think uh, our secretary, Cindy, sent out a letter about how you can do that. Uh, so please keep your church in your prayers and also in your offerings. And know then that God's doing a good thing here. And uh, you can be proud of your leaders. You can be proud of the the care and the concern and the outreach uh, that uh, this church has for one another. And all we can do in this time then is build on that. And uh, just think about that. If we really build on that the next couple of weeks, won't that be a wonderful reception for our new pastor? So uh, that's my appeal, spiel this morning. And I thank you so much for listening. And I thank Terry for uh, coming out and uh, being with me this morning. And what I'd like to do is uh, just close with a minute of prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you for uh, the great love that you've shown us in giving your son Jesus for our sins, for raising him from the dead with the guarantee of eternal life. Thank you for the gift of faith and the encouragement that you give us. Thank you for the church, the body of Christ. Thank you for the love that we are able to, uh, to show one another during this time. And uh, just continue to spur and encourage that. And we thank you for our leaders. We thank you for John and David and uh, Kyle, our pastor out at uh, Hawkins. We thank you for Laura, for uh, Carl, and for Penny, and for their work here to uh, keep things going and keep things po pointed in the right direction. We thank you for our elders and the work that they're doing in keeping contact with our people. And Lord, uh, we pray then that you uh, prosper us at this time, that
during this time of uncertainty, we give us, give, you give us a sense of stability, purpose, of direction. Father, we know that you listen to each and every one of our prayers, and we thank you now that you hear this prayer and that you answer them and that all other needs we bring to you in the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.